Okay, welcome to Level Up. Uh, we're going to be talking about finding your way. Why uh, finding your way? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's important to find your way if you get lost <laughs> in a new city or something like that. Uh, we're going to be discussing uh, finding your why, all right? Finding your why. Why you do things that you do. Why you wake up in the morning. What gets you out of bed. What motivates you to you know to push through the tough times and i want to start off with a quote from uh frederick nishi who says uh, he who has a why can endure any how all right and before we get into how to find your why and why it's important to know what your why is i want to do a quick introduction because this is our first podcast uh very first one a lot of you guys are probably i say a lot of you guys there's probably one listener out there right now because <laughs> is our first podcast but you're probably listening saying, you know, you know, what gives you the authority and, and what's your background? And so we want to kind of go through that a little bit with myself. Um, I'm the host uh, and my co-host is Crystal. She's also here. Crystal, say hi. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And uh, we're just going to go through a quick introduction so you kind of get to know a little bit about us and who we are and what we do and what we're doing and what we're planning on doing um, as we um, as we continue to be entrepreneurs, business owners um, and leaders. And so I'll start with myself. So my background, I have 24 years in the military. Joined the military right out of high school. I uh, did 24 years. Uh, my, my first 10 years, I was a medic in the Army. Uh, I did that for 10 years. Um, and around, uh, you know, about 10 years in, I, I decided I wanted to pursue something different. And I went to a, my mentor at the time, and I talked to him about, you know, what my next step would be. And he kind of pushed me in the direction of, of a business degree. And so that's the direction that I went. That, that couldn't have been a better decision for me. It's, it's what right in line with my natural talents and uh, what I'm good at naturally, just, you know, business and uh, being involved in business, starting businesses, running businesses, growing businesses. And, and that's kind of uh, introduction into, you know, how I've gotten to this point. I then changed my job in the military and I went into supply chain management and I did that for another 14 years. And that was, it was a good run. I had a good time doing it. Then I left the military. I ended up uh, going to work for a company in Minnesota. I took a job there as an operations manager, and I did that for about a year before I became the director of operations there. Um, and I did that for uh, like another year and a half uh, before I went to go work for the the king of supply chain, which was uh, Amazon. And I uh, took a job at Amazon uh, as an operations manager there, really to go there and kind of learn supply chain. Amazon is one of those companies that just, they just can't be denied. They're undeniable. Uh, I just wanted to get a little bit of exposure there and uh, see what I can learn from that company. And then I left there and I went to go work for a, a textile uh, rug distributor based out of New Jersey. And I did that for about 10 months before I got fired. <laughs> so, and of course, uh, you know, in life there's ups, there's downs, there's lessons, and we all go through that. Part of it is, uh, is, is, is learning, growing, and um, kind of finding your way, you know, in the military and out of the military, I've started multiple businesses. I started my first business in 2009 doing uh, consulting and uh, importing and exporting, you know, consulting and some project management stuff. What else do we do, Crystal? Started a cleaning business, a photography business. We also started a leadership development business where we went into different businesses and actually set up their leadership development programs for them and even trained their supervisors, managers, executives. Um, we're very successful in all of them culminated with bringing us where we are here today. So I'm Crystal, Crystal Garcia, and I am the co-host. Um, I actually started out um, in the medical field. I started as an ER technician. I actually was a CNA um, home health aide prior to that. Um, went into the military as a medic, and I was a medic my entire, entire career in the military. Um, I was a line medic, a supervisor, 
over a clinic. I did EMT education. I did um, also their MOS recertifications and MOS basically sustainability where um, those are the jobs for the military for medical personnel. And we wanted to make sure that they maintained their medical proficiency. So we developed a program where they would go through and they'd cycle through the hospital and through different roles to be able to maintain those skills. And then I went into, after I got out of the military, emergency management. I had initially kind of wanted to do public speaking. I wanted to do um, leadership empowerment type speaking engagements. And I, and I have done that. But emergency management definitely felt a lot like the military. And um, I still do consulting for it. But leadership's definitely been my passion. More than 18 years now of leadership experience, 13 years in the military, and currently run a multi-million dollar business that just hit a year. It is woman, minority, and service-disabled, veteran-owned, and operated. I'm very proud of that. And we've actually, in the face of COVID, have done very well. Jose and I have a long history together, and um, the things that we've done together kind of brought us here today. You know, he, he... briefly kind of rolled over the fact he got fired and that's kind of a funny story that we'll talk about probably in another episode Um, but it's actually kind of sparked why we came up with the theme um, level up because sometimes things happen that cause you to that you think might be bad but it actually causes you to level up so it causes you to go look for a job Yeah, their their throwaway was my win. So I said, you know, all right, you gave me your best employee. So, and we'll probably get in, into that more as we uh, as we go through. Find you know, e- even in this discussion, it's very likely that we can come upon uh, that that topic of conversation and talk more about that in particular. So, why is finding your why so important? There's a lot of reasons for ensuring that you know your why. Not knowing your why can cause you to misprioritize. You can waste time doing things that you're not passionate about or that's not important to you. You can be feeling unfulfilled in your current role. You may be doing something that you don't you don't enjoy doing, uh, you don't like doing, you don't like waking up in the morning, going to work. And, and I'm, I'm sure everyone listening can relate to the fact of getting up and having to go to a job that they hate, but they have to go because they have to make money. And so... If you're not passionate about what it is that you're doing, then you really need to do some self self analysis and figure out, you know, what does give you passion, what do, what does give you give you energy to get out of bed, and what motivates you in life. Have you ever found yourself doing something um, that was not aligned with your why? Well, and truthfully, Jose had actually asked me to um, consider going into it, the area of logistics. And I was very hesitant because it it wasn't in, in alignment with what I thought I wanted to do, um, what I felt I was led to do. It just kind of, I thought it was going to be boring. <laughs> <laughs> just to be frank, I thought it was going to be boring. Even though I know logistics very well, I, I didn't think it would be a place that I would feel like I was, like I had mastery, autonomy, and purpose in my, you know, in my role. So with this business, started with about six employees. Today, we're over 70 employees. We're in multiple um, regions and states. And I started to feel like um, like I had settled in and really took hold of um, what I was doing when I realized the impact I was making on people's lives. And it made me relook at 
what it was that I wanted to do and what my why was. And it, my why has always been my family. I get up to do things to make things better for my family and to impact the lives of others. I want to empower people. I want to empower people to be the very best versions of themselves. And um, you can do that in any role. And I, I would even see, say in less than two months into the job, realized that, that at my point in my leadership journey, that I was at a place where I was able to settle in and, and move forward with what my why was. So, so let me ask you a question. You know, you said you, you, you have a long history being in the military. At what point did you realize that you, you had a passion for developing others and, and that was your why? Um, I came to that realization when I realized that the impact that you have on somebody's life can be so monumental to the lives that they will go on to impact as well. So when you hear quotes like, be the change you want to see in the world, you know, it sounds like just another quote. But the, you know, the, the truth in that is that by impacting one life, you go on to impact all the lives that they impact and those lives that they impact. Sure. And um, to me, there's, there's no better gratification than knowing that you were able to help somebody transform their lives. Um, did you feel like you did that when you were in the military? I did. I did feel that, that I did. How did you experience that in the military? Well, I, I realized real quick that um, when you deal with anybody, if you think about it, if you have children and you think about how you deal with your children, you know, none of your kids are exactly the same. It doesn't matter that they were raised by the same people in the same household. Um, they respond differently to the way that, it, you know, that you interact with them. And if you remember that, as a leader, that can be very helpful to you. And in the military, I was finding that, it, you know, you could have somebody come into the military who had no education. Maybe everybody, you know, they were used to having everybody do everything for them. And then they were um, strung into an environment where suddenly attention to detail is, is paramount to their success and physical fitness is paramount to their success. And, you know, being able to follow orders is paramount to their success. And, in, in helping guide somebody to realize that they deserve to be there is powerful. And I used to tell soldiers all the time, you make up less than 1% of the population. That's pretty incredible. Those odds are less than being famous. So the fact that you're even standing here to be able to say this sucks or this is hard, that in itself is a win. Sure. I agree with that. Um, I know one of the things that I liked about when I was in the military, and it's kind of kind of aligned with what you're talking about, was the ability for me to impact other people in their development. I learned that by focusing on other people and helping, um, you know, your subordinates and even your peers sometimes, and even your leaders, to tell you the truth, because sometimes you got to lead up. But what you find is that you have an influence beyond yourself, and typically you shine when you help others shine as well. So. So all the effort that you put into helping other people look good and, and perform well um, makes you look good and makes you perform well as well. So, uh, so, so I agree with that. I, I definitely learned that as well. Have you ever found yourself in a job where you were like, I hate this job. I don't know what I'm doing here. 
actually on my first deployment in the military, I was going to Afghanistan and as a medic, you're excited, you're, you know, this is what you've trained for, you're, you know, used to, you know, taking care of, of trauma patients, and you're ready to go take care of your first trauma patient, you're ready to go be on the battlefield, and I was told I was going to be sitting in a talk, and basically what a talk is, is where all the operations happen, where the guys who are on the ground call in for, say, a call to fire, to, you know, fire on an enemy, And I was so disappointed because I was like, that's not what I came here to do. You know, I came here to, you know, to be out there on the battlefield. And um, I was disappointed. But let me tell you what I've learned. And that was probably like the most eye opening that um, one, I have always felt like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, whether that's to learn, teach, grow, um, be humbled whatever the case may be. And I learned the most from that job. And I actually did uh, medevacs for the entire battlefield for the first portion of my deployment there. So, And that helped when I went out and was a route clearing team medic and actually in the field, um, those skills made me a better medic. So do you feel like you found your wide in the, in the role that you're in now as a, you know, as a CEO of a multi-million dollar company that you've been leading, you know, do you feel like you are doing your life's purpose? I do. And the reason is because um, I'm able to impact lives just like I did in the military. Um, it might be a different group. They might wear something different, but that, does, that doesn't matter. I'm still able to add value and help people see that they're capable of more and that they are deserving of more. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, I'm actually, I had somebody tell me the other day, you have to remember that your position carries a lot of weight. And when you say something, it means a lot more than if somebody else says something. And the funny thing is that I don't see myself as being CEO and I'm on top. I see myself as being, you know, the person that's to your left or to your right. So um, sometimes I forget that. And and don't get me wrong, I, I want to be humble and I don't want to feel like I'm you know, better than anybody, but I do forget sometimes that the things I say do carry more weight, you know, given that position. No, absolutely. At what point in in your journey as a CEO of the company that you're running, did you realize that you were doing your life's purpose? I had somebody tell me that before they came to work with me, that they just weren't in a good place and that they appreciated the opportunity and that I had no idea what I had done in their life. Sorry. <laughs> but no, I mean, that is, that is why I'm here. And I, I know, Jose, you know, we were financially at a point, you know, as we're growing, <laughs> there's a lot of things you don't realize happen in business behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. And um, and the stressors you have, like, you know, it's one thing to worry about paying your family. That's a huge stress. But man, when you have to worry about paying 10, 15, 20, 70 families, you know, that's a lot of weight. And so financially, we were getting to a point to where we just couldn't expand anymore. And we were running really, really close on payroll. And we found a company... Um, known as a factoring company who buys your invoices. So basically, you're, you know, your your customers could, you know, maybe not be paying you for 30 days, and yet you still have to pay employees during those 30 days. And so um, when we were approved to start using this this company, 
Jose and I had gone to lunch and I started crying. And he said, what are you crying for? And I said, because I said, this is such a huge relief. Like, you know, I've been stressing and I may not have been voicing it, but like, I didn't want to have to look anybody in the face and say, guys, we're going to have to shut down. You know, like we just can't, you know, the, we can't, it, you know, based on COVID-19 or what was happening, you know, um, we just can't move forward. I didn't want to have to have that conversation with anybody. So they were tears of relief and joy that, you know, we continue on, we could continue on, you know, to continue moving. You know, what's funny is that I've known you for a long time. I've, I've known you for over 10 years. And I would say that I think that was like maybe the first time I've ever actually seen you crying. Um, so I was actually shocked about that. But I, I also understand uh, the amount of pressure that comes with running a multi-million dollar company and and having it um, be at risk and not not just the company because a lot of people feel like it's their baby and it, you know they don't want to fail but it's it's not even that it's letting all the people that are depending on you that, that are eating off off of your your opportunity you know what I'm saying that that's giving them opportunity and giving them growth a lot of times your why will give you clarity in life it'll give you the ability to identify you know, goals in your life and allow you to develop a mission for your life. And I know, uh, Crystal, you've really been working hard in terms of your mission in life, which is to really work with the community and give jobs to people that are at-risk hires, um, people that are having some struggles in their life and maybe overcoming some challenges. Can you talk a little bit about how you've impacted, you know, the community where you started your business? You know, it's funny because I actually started in the city of Stockton, California. Stockton, if you're not familiar, is known as a pretty rough area. Anybody who doesn't live in Stockton will tell you, don't go to Stockton. You know, you'll get hurt. It's really bad. And actually, right now, um, the city of Stockton has one of the highest homicide rates that they've had in, you know, I don't know how long. But early on, um, when I started the company, I had somebody from the city of Stockton's Office of Violence Prevention come and speak with me. And she asked me if I would consider employing some individuals who were either gang members who were trying to get out of the gang, maybe ex-cons or, you know, even some juveniles that maybe um, had like gun charges that were considered to be at risk for gang activity or just getting in trouble. And I said, you know what, <laughs> I'm, I'm up for that challenge. You know, I'll take that on. And I'm going to tell you what, that was one of the best decisions I could have ever made. And I, hands down, wouldn't change that for the world because I am able to not just give back to the community, but I'm able to provide purpose, direction, and motivation to people who, you know, the system has forgotten about. And I'm able to show them a better way. And they appreciate it. They appreciate it. Absolutely. So I was sitting here thinking about, you know, my why, and, and at what point, you know, did I find my why? And I think I found my why when I was in the military as a mentor. I culminated my military career as a master sergeant based out of Fort Lee, Virginia, and I was working for the schoolhouse there. And in the schoolhouse, I was the career manager for, for the MOS. In that capacity, I really had the ability to impact hundreds of thousands of people um, who were looking for guidance, looking for direction, looking for what's my next step in my career um, so that I can continue to progress and continue to get promoted. 
And in my career, I would say that I probably had maybe one or two uh, leaders that I would say were that were influential, um, that were good mentors. And even though I learned from from all my leaders, the good ones and the bad ones, um, there's only a few in in your career that inspire. And I wanted to be an inspiration to the people that were looking for guidance and looking for help and looking for that motivation. Um, and so that's kind of where I found my purpose. And so when I left the military, I knew I wanted to work in business, obviously. And so I really wanted to go to a company where I was going to be able to be a leader and have influence and be able to develop and, and, and grow others. And, and then I got that opportunity. And I would say that I think in my, in my progression through, you know, leaving the military, going into corporate America, working for Fortune, you know, 10 companies, multiple Fortune 10 companies, you know, when I was at Amazon, um, and a lot of people talk, talk crap about Amazon and say how bad it is, but Amazon was a really great company to work for. My problem with Amazon and the reason why I wasn't there for a long time, you know, I was there for about a year, but the reason why I left is because I couldn't exercise my why there. I was unable to mentor and develop others the way that I had gotten used to. And so I felt like I was just a cog in the machine. I was just another number. And I was learning a lot. You know, I, I tell everyone that working one year at Amazon is like working for any other company for like three years. The amount of learning and growth that, that, you go, that happens to you um, in that environment is just phenomenal. Um, and I recommend everyone who's in supply chain to find an opportunity to work for Amazon in some aspect and learn from them because um, they're really phenomenal in what they do. They're definitely undeniable. That's um, a good call out. Do you think there's anything you did in particular that helped you find your why? I'm going to tell you, my first business, I kind of fell into it. And I love business because I love being able to create something from nothing. So I, I think my two passions are being able to create something from nothing and then being able to develop future leaders. Like, that's what I'm good at. Those two things is what I'm good at. And so every business that I've been a part of has been successful because it's all about persistence and it's all about figuring out the plan that, that you know, the right combination that's going to allow the business to succeed and not giving up, not throwing in the towel, but also knowing that it takes a team to run a business. Um, one person can't do it alone. And so when you have the right team and you have the right leadership, and you have the right level of collaboration across multiple people who are all fighting for the same thing, you're going to be successful. It's un it, there's no way you can't be. It's just a matter of when you're going to be successful. You know what I'm saying? And, Absolutely. And the fact that you don't give up, you keep pushing. I used to always ask people when I was developing them uh, or when they would come to me and say, hey, you know, I really don't know what I want to do in college. I would say, okay, well, if you could do anything in the world, if, you, if money didn't matter at all, what would you do? You'll get answers like, oh, you know, I would um, have a garden and I would just take care of my garden every day. All right, well, maybe you need to do something in, a, you know, in that regard. Maybe you need to do something with flowers or maybe you need to, do, maybe you need to open up a, a flower shop or, or whatever. Something that's going to be in alignment with what you have a passion for. And sometimes you have to find that why. Sometimes you don't even know what your why is. And so some of the questions that you can ask yourself if you're really trying to figure out what your why is... You can ask yourself, if money was no object, what would you do with your life and why? What inspires you? What gives you motivation? Um, what makes you happy? What are your natural strengths? I know one of my natural strengths, I'm able to assess people very well, figure out their strengths and weaknesses, and then communicate to them in a way that allows them to build their strengths while working on their weaknesses. 
also, you know, I'm, I'm very good at, at just naturally engaging people and getting people to do more than they thought they could, you know what I'm saying? And, and just getting them to push past the limit that they thought they could, they could do it. Uh, and, and I'm going to tell you, sometimes your why can change. You know, your why last year may be a, a different why this year. You know what I'm saying? You lose a family member, maybe, maybe family becomes your why. But, yeah, those are some of the questions that you could ask yourself. Crystal, what gets you out of bed in the morning besides the alarm clock? Well, after I, I snooze about 100 <laughs> times. I don't know why, but I've never been a morning person. But it's, it's the people that I get to work with and that I get to lead. That's, you know, that's my why. You know, my my family's used to seeing me work when we're out doing things. And um, and, and I'm not going to say that's okay, not having good work-life balance. But, you know, you can tell somebody something all day long, but you have to show it. So I don't just tell my daughter to be successful. You have to put in the work. She knows because she sees it. You know, I don't just tell her, hey, here's the recipe. This is what you got to do. She sees it. And today I actually, I <laughs> love my daughter. She's awesome. My youngest daughter has been trying to real hard to get her license. And I was a little bit frustrated because she let me know last minute she wanted to go to the DMV today. So when we left this morning, I was thinking, man, I'm getting to work late. There's so much stuff I won't be able to do. And I'm like, you know what? I don't get to do this often, and I'm going to cherish this opportunity. And we had a great conversation, you know, on the way there and and on the way back. And during all the deployments that I had in the military where I missed a lot or where I was going from state to state, I missed a lot of things with my kids. And sometimes you forget with all the chaos to take that opportunity to be around those people, especially when that's part of your why, you know, because they are why I get out of bed. You know, there was times when I was in the military where I was like, this is too much. And I remembered like, you know, like this is given my family medical benefits. It, you know, er everything I do is is to help my family be in a better position and um, those that I'm able to impact to help them be in a better position. And that is my why. That is what gets me out of bed, even when I don't want to get out of bed, even when I haven't had, you know, hardly any sleep or, you know, I wake up and can't eat breakfast or, you know, I woke up too late to go to the gym. Like my my why is my family and the people I can impact each and every day. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, you're telling your story about getting out of bed. And I was thinking back to when I was um, I was in the military and I was stationed at uh, Fort Bragg. Obviously, you know, I didn't make enough money to support a family of five. I had a job after the military as a bouncer at a nightclub, and I was going to college at the time, trying to finish my bachelor's degree. There was a, mo a moment where I woke up. I had been working, you know, five days a week for the military, and I was working six days a week at the nightclub. Uh, I was probably sleeping like one to two hours a night. I was exercising. I was working out. I was studying. I was writing papers. And I just sat up in the bed, and I was like, I can't believe I'm this tired. I, I can't believe, I, I, I don't even know how I'm physically doing this. But I know that, you know, Christmas is coming around the corner. I got to get Christmas gifts. My son wants a Pokemon card. I got to make <laughs> sure he gets his Pokemon card. You know, it's like, it, and, and that's what kind of gets you to um, to push through, you know, those struggles where you're just like, man, this is too hard. 
this is this is so hard that I just want to I just want to sit down and I just want to stop and I just want to not do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and this, it's kind of what frustrates me with other people when they make excuses for not being able to do what they need to do. You know what I'm saying? You know, working with Crystal, what I found is you have guys that'll come in and say, "Yeah, I want this. I want I want what you have." Or I want to I want to be where you're at, and so you hear that and you say, okay, this is what you need to do. This is how much work you need to do in order to get to where I'm at right now. And for you to have what I have right now, these are the things that you need to do. And what you realize is that not everyone really wants that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Not if they got to work that hard for it. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I was just, you know, Alicia this morning when um, we went to the DMV on the way back, I was, she had asked me if I'd been in any accidents and I was telling her about when I was a single parent and I was working 12 hour shifts in the hospital ER at night. And then I would pick up my kids, I'd take them to daycare and then I'd go to school and then I'd go pick them up and then I'd go home and I got almost no sleep, you know, during that whole cycle. And so one day I was just so tired and I literally, it couldn't have been two blocks. I had come off of an off ramp for an exit and in between that off ramp and the next stoplight, um, and it was raining as well, I nodded off and my kids were in the car at the time. I had two toddlers and a and an infant and I woke up. Um, saw that everybody was stopped at the stoplight, and I slammed on my brakes. I slid right into the car in front of me, and I just started crying. And I got out immediately. Um, my kids weren't crying, so I guess I just assumed that they were okay. Um, I was a young parent, too. Um, and so I was concerned about the person in front of me because I hit her pretty hard. She was stopped at a stoplight. Well, definitely wasn't expecting to be rear-ended there. So I went to her window. I said, hey, you know, I'm really sorry. Um, and she said, oh, my gosh, this is the third time I've been hit in the last <laughs> month and a half. I'm getting rid of this car. And so I told her that, you know, here, like, I was so shook up and all of that. And obviously not all there, you know, being that I had had such little sleep. But I went back to the car, and I told her that the car seats had, from the impact, the car seats had tipped forward and my two toddlers were hanging in their car seat harness, like face forward. <laughs> and, you know, I I looked at them and, you know, like I said, when the accident happened, you know, I started crying. And, you know, when the, when the officers came to talk to me, he said, do you have any medical conditions? And he started going through his list of things of why I could have possibly ran into this poor lady stopped at a stoplight. And I said, man, I'm just exhausted. Like, you know, I said, I've been working 12-hour shifts every night, going to school, and, you know, and then, of course, I'm a single parent. That was a wake-up call for me because I felt like I had no choice. Like, I didn't want my kids to be a statistic from a teen mom. I didn't want my kids to be a, a statistic from a single parent. I wanted to be able to look my kids in the face and say, I did everything in my power to ensure that you had the most opportunities available to you. And again, you know, that is absolutely my why. And when I think about giving up, that that is what I envisioned, you know, that I would be, that that was going to lead to something as hard as it was, that that was going to lead to something better and better and better for them.
No, absolutely. Um, definitely joining the military is not a uh, it's not an easy thing. It's not for someone who's trying to get away from doing hard work. Um, you know, you're jumping right into the mix of things there. Sometimes I say, you know, being in the military is like being a professional athlete for like as long as you're in the military, you're basically a professional athlete. Uh, you're running, you're exercising, you're staying in shape, you're, you know, you're doing all the things that you need to do in order to be ready to deploy and fight for your country. You know, this podcast is something that we had talked about doing. You know, we kind of kicked the can down the road for a few months, you know, brainstorming, you know, how we want to do, do, do we want to do it? Is it beneficial? Why this podcast? Um, for a couple reasons. One, because it's applicable to any area of your life, hands down. And two, because in, in the, the area of our business um, and the people that we employ, there is a high level of individuals who don't have, you know, very much education. Um, maybe some don't even have high school education. And it's an opportunity to, to mentor and develop on a larger scale. And it, this really, to me, felt like the right time to pull the trigger on this and say, you know what, we have a lot that we can put out there, stuff that will resonate with people on every level, no matter where they are, in leadership or in life, that can help them, you know, navigate through life successfully. I was telling you, Jose, the other day that it's funny that when people see you in a certain position, they think somehow you've always been there. Like, you know, that you didn't have a struggle to get there, that it was right. handed to you in this nice, pretty package. And, you know, they don't get to see the late nights, the early mornings, the arguments because you're not spending time with your spouse like you thought that you would or because you forgot something of your kids or because you, you know, were too tired to do something that you said that you were going to do or, you know, nobody sees those things. And right. nobody sees the struggle you had before, you know. It, you know, nobody looks at me and says, you know, I know you had a, a kid at 15 and, you know, you had six kids and this and that. And, you know, you, we wouldn't think that you would have a college education and, and you know, go on to, to be where you're at today. Nobody would look at me now and think that, you right. know, nobody would talk to me now and think that. But if I shared my entire story with you, you would be like, man, like, that's amazing. But I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> a gazillion times I thought about quitting. Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you, I tell people all the time, you got to make it to the finish line, yeah. even if it's and you know what? This is this actually is a good thing to close this out, Jose, to um, tell everybody about um, your your 12 mile ruck march, <laughs> <laughs> um, how you finished your 12 mile ruck march, because I think <laughs> it's telling of of finishing something that's that's hard and how you do that when it's uncomfortable. Yeah, no, for sure. When I was um. When I was in the military, I was stationed in Hawaii. I was doing a um, competing for a, the expert field medical badge, and that's one of the hardest badges that you can get in the military because it's physically grueling. You're spending, you know, weeks out in the field. You're you're going through all these exercises, and and any one little mistake puts you out of the competition. You know, one chest compression too many on a you know on CPR lane or. Um, not triaging in the correct order when you're doing like a mass cow. Like there's so many things that you can get wrong, you know, that can put you out of the running for this badge. The percentage of people who get it on their first time is like 
crazy small, like maybe 25%. So 100 people go out for the badge, 25 people get it. You know, it's it's really highly coveted. And you know what? I really think the guys that have the badge don't let the other guys <laughs> get it. Like, is you know, they, they just really treasure and value the uh, the hard work that it takes to get it. But what's funny is when you see somebody with that badge on their chest, you know what they've gone through in order to get it. And so I was a brand new medic to a unit and they were like, hey, you're going out for the badge. It wasn't an option in the unit that I was in. You're going to get this badge whether you want it or not. Like, you know, so start training for it, you know, knowing the fact that not everybody gets it. And so we went out, we went to the field and we trained and trained and trained. And then the, the competition came up and we went out and we started executing. And my, my, uh, my leader at the time, he said, listen, very few people get it on their first time. You know what I'm saying? Just go out there, use it as a learning opportunity and just do the best that you can. You know what I'm saying? And so I went out there with the mindset of, you know what? You know, I'm going to learn as much as I can. And I started going through the different lanes and it was so difficult that I said to myself, if I don't get it, I'm never coming back. <laughs> like, this is it. This is, this is the one shot that, that I have to get this, uh, this badge because I'm not coming back out here to do this again. The very last thing, this, this badge, it culminates in a 12-mile timed ruck march where you have to complete it in under three hours. Now, we didn't train for the ruck march. We trained for everything else, but we didn't train for the ruck march because, you know, you know, you would think that you can get through it, you know, a 12-mile ruck march. And so this 12-mile ruck march was my very first 12-miler. <laughs> and uh, I was an E4. I was a young E4. It started off good. It started off great. I'm going to tell you, I'll never forget once I hit mile number nine and I felt that first blister pop in my boot and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I still got some time. So I still got a few more miles to go. I was cramping from pushing off with the same leg over and over again. In the competition that I was going through, my whole platoon was coming through with me, and it was like I want to say it was like seven or eight of us uh, that were that were you know doing this competition, and we were all, at all different levels, and we helped each other getting through it, and it was like a brotherhood. There's there's a guy in the ruck march, and his he's the he's a time guy, so he's walking on pace to be able to finish the ruck march at exactly three hours. And so if you fall behind this guy, you know you're not going to make it. And me and this guy were going back and forth. I would pass him and he would pass me. I would pass him and he would pass me. And I was like, man, I got to get this. This is the last thing, man. I'm not coming back. I got to get this. I got to get through this. As I came up on, I want to say it was like mile number, like maybe 10, he passed me and I couldn't see him anymore. And I just sat down on the curb. I was done. I was done. I was sitting on the curb. I just couldn't do it anymore. My feet hurt. My body hurt. Everything hurt. I couldn't, you know, I was just exhausted. And um, all my guys that were, that were doing this competition, that were doing this, this event with me, they had already finished, and they were waiting for me. And they saw the clock was running, t- you know, still ticking down. And there's, there's no, there's, there's no Jose. There's no, he's not, he, we haven't seen him yet. And so they, they ran back for me. And when they came, they saw me sitting on the curb. They were like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing sitting here? Come on, man. You can make it. You can make it. And um, when you're at the verge of quitting, because uh, this is, this is the epitome of what it means to win. You don't quit. You know what I'm saying? Even when you want to. Like you it just hurts. It does. And when you got blisters. You got blisters. You're bleeding. You're bleeding. <laughs> Your whole body is sore. Everything hurts. Like you just can't do this. 
but you got, you know, and, and those guys believed in me. They came back for me. They knew I could do it, you know. And and sometimes you don't believe in yourself to the point where you're just like, I don't have any more faith, and you need somebody to come and just charge you. And and uh, and those guys came back and they were like, Come on, man, you got this. Come on, you can do it. Let's run. And and uh, we just started running. And uh, I remember coming around the um, I remember coming around the uh, the field. And they had this big clock up on uh, that was that was keeping time so that everybody would know when when this thing when this event was over. And as I came around the corner, um, I had just passed the, the pace guy. I just passed him when I came around the corner, and I looked at the clock, and it said two zero zero. And I said, "Dang, I did this in two hours." Yeah, and two then minutes it, left. Huh? It said one fifty nine, <laughs> one fifty eight, one fifty seven. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I still had like a couple hundred yards to run, and so I'm I'm running as fast as I can because I got to beat the clock. I'm, I'm running past the clock. When I fell across the finish line, my Kevlar flew off in one direction, my weapon <laughs> flew in another direction. I just threw myself across the finish line, and the pace guy walked in right behind me. It was probably like seconds before I was getting ready to run out of time and um and and you know in that event I was the last guy from our team that come to come in and and what we did were, it teach you what did that win teach you it taught me to never give up really um because that would have been one of my only failures in life because <laughs> I haven't I don't feel like I failed th- that many times in life where I'm like Man, I completely messed. I've never felt, you know, I've never fell out of school. I've never, you know, I've never really failed in life, you know. I've never really felt like I was like a complete failure, you know. And and that would have been something that would have carried with me forever as a I could have done it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I would have had regret. Like I was so close, like yeah, looking back. I absolutely. was so close. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um and I I also learned that you can push people past the limits of what they think they can do. Absolutely. You know? And so sometimes I see guys and, and you see them and you see them struggling with whatever, whether it's education, whether it's something physical, a marriage, whatever it is, you know, and they're like, oh, I just can't. I can't. You can. You just need the right level of motivation. You just need it and not give up. You just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You just got to stay at it. You know, it took me... It took me 24 years to get a master's degree. You know what I'm saying? Like most most kids go to college and they have their master's degree in four, four, five, six years, depending on how hard they're going. It took me 24 years. I, I left the military and then I got my master's degree. And so I say that because there's a lot of guys right now that are like just barely starting and they're like, man, this is, I can't do this. It's going to take me forever. It may take you forever. But as long as you keep putting one foot in front of the other foot Absolutely. and you keep moving forward, you'll eventually get to the finish line. And that's really what it taught me. And um, I think that was the probably one of the biggest growth lessons that I've ever had in my life. You can apply that that um, that lesson to, to everything in life where you come out of success. The only difference between um, someone who's successful and someone who's a failure is the guy who failed stopped. Absolutely. The guy who failed sat down on that curb. Because he was hurting too much, he you know <laughs> they, they they came his motivators came and they try he tried to they tried to get him up and and he just wasn't mentally tough enough to struggle through the last bit of pain that it took to be successful. We were talking yesterday about you know business and succeeding in business and really even in business it's all about persistence and being consistent and if you continue to push forward even when it's hard even when it's tough even when you don't think it's gonna work out. 
You know, and it's funny because people are always looking for that, you know, get rich quick or, yeah. you know, oh, well, you already have the steps, so give me the steps and an easy-to-read format and easy-to-do format and, and I'll go knock it out and be successful like you. Yeah. But what, what, what people don't realize is that the journey is part of it. The journey is part of having a small win and then a bigger win. And you continue just like how you'd work out your body physically, you know, your those challenges help prepare you for that next level. You yeah. know, you don't go from level zero to level 20. You know, you got to graduate to the next level. Like, it, you know, you're not going to be successful going from level zero to level level 20. You know, right. there's there's a graduation there. Yeah. So, you know, amazing story to, to um, finish off with. What do you think, you know, the listeners out there, um, all these listeners we got. Yeah, one um, listener. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> We appreciate you. Um, <laughs> Continue to support our podcast. <laughs> um, what do you think that they can do? Um, what do you recommend to, to assist them in, in finding their why? Well, two things I would recommend. The first one is if you're not sure if you're living um, in alignment with your why, do a five-why analysis where you ask yourself why, 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 kind of like a five-year-old, and, and get to the root cause of your why. You can say something like, I want to lose weight. Why? Why do you want to lose weight? Well, I want to lose weight because I want to be healthy. Why do you want to lose weight to be healthy? Oh, uh, well, because I don't. I want to be here for my family. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, have a heart attack and die. Why don't you want to have a heart attack and die? Well, because I don't want to leave my family without the support that they need in order for my family to be successful. Your family is your why. You know, once you ask yourself why enough times, you can get to the to the root cause of your why, and then uh, you can use that to create the motivation that you need to get through the things that you need to get through. A lot of us are in jobs where maybe we're unhappy or you're not stuck there. You have the opportunity to figure out what your why is and then work in that direction. I recommend a book called Find Your Why, A Practical Guide for Finding Purpose for You and Your Team. It's a great book. You you can order it on um, on Amazon. The link is going to be on our podcast, so you can uh, click the link and uh, it'll take you to that book. An easy read, and it's a, it's a great book that will help you identify your why. The author is Simon, uh, Simon Sinek. Um, so definitely recommend you, uh, you read that book. With that said, I think we're coming to a close. Definitely appreciate you guys. This is our uh, season one, episode one. Hopefully um, we can get a couple more listeners <laughs> and we can continue to do this. Uh, hopefully there's some there's some there's something in our conversation that, um, you know, resonated with you, know, you as a listener and definitely looking forward to you getting to know us and us being able to bring some of, some of our experiences and some of our lessons in business and entrepreneurship and also in leadership that will help you in whatever struggle you may be going through, um, whatever challenges you may be facing. And um, we're going to be having some great speakers as well. So we're going to, um, we've, we've invited some pretty incredible people in the leadership realm um, from all walks of life. So I definitely encourage um, you to share the, our podcast and um, continue to tune in.